0: Minicast. Yes, we got the one and only Dr. Peter Brindley in to discuss why nature is the best form of life support. Let's do this. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quedro Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Episode 59 already, it's been an amazing journey so far. First out of the gate, I wanted to thank everybody that joined us on our first ever virtual summit on low-carb and ketogenic approaches to health. It was a success. Over 130 people registered. Almost 100 people came in and watched it. And, in fact, it was so popular and demand has been so high, we are actually offering the recorded version. If you go to solvinghealthcare.ca backslash low-carb, you'll be able to access that for $30. Once again, I want to thank Julia, Joy, Ivor Cummins, Dr. Paul Mason. What a great day that was, full of education. Y'all jump on that. All right, this mini cast is the second part of a conversation I had with Dr. Peter Brindley, who's a fellow intensivist out in Alberta who writes these amazing pieces in the BMJ British Medical Journal. And he wrote this one on article in the BMJ about nature and how important it is. To connect with nature, and it blew me away. And this was an interview we did back in November. When I look at times now, and tensions high, we got COVID. We got kids. Are they safe to go back to school? And I think we all use a little bit of feeling connected, slowing down, focusing on what's important, being with our families. And this is what this conversation is all about. All these things that are beneficial by. Once again, connecting with nature, being outside, tuning out, you know, putting the TV, putting the phone down, and being at one with our family and those that we love. And so it's a truly inspiring conversation we have. Once again, if you don't know Peter, intensivist back in the University of Alberta, associate professor, well-published, well-respected, just a great human being, funny guy too, so Without further ado, Peter Brindley. So Peter, what made me want to reach out to you most recently was this article you wrote about connection in terms of connecting with nature. And I wonder if you could speak a bit to that. Like, how did that come about? And what's the feedback you've gotten so far on such a beautiful article? <laughs> a beautiful article. You're very of- beautiful. It is beautiful. Honestly, I, I, I read it and I was like, like, this is coming from an intensivist, man. This is coming from somebody that is seeing all the crazy stuff that we see, and he's writing about how we need to be more in tune with nature and the value of that. Like, have you ever read something like that from another intensivist or any other medical professional that sees such acute, acutely ill patients? This it blew me away. So when I said it was amazing, I this is I mean we're talking here today because of this. Well, you're
1: you're very, very kind. So there you go. We've connected. And and that's my point, I guess. You know, medicine's a wonderful community. I, I am immensely proud to be able to travel around the world and meet with people who, if you look at their CVs, ought to not give me the time of day, but do. They welcome me in and, you know, we break bread together. And so this is a glorious community. And so the chance to be part of that community means a lot to me. Now, I've written traditional science, and I think it's incredibly important for all of us to be as multilingual as we can. You're from Ottawa. You would understand this principle. Now, I'm not talking about speaking an entirely different romance language. I'm talking about being able to communicate with patients, communicate with colleagues, communicate with administrators, people who provide funds, et etc. et cetera. I think Communication is the most important skill in medicine. I've said it before, our verbal dexterity matters more than our procedural dexterity. And communication can be the most dangerous or therapeutic procedure performed in a modern hospital. Now, maxims notwithstanding, I've taken immense joy and maybe therapy from writing a series of opinion pieces for the British Medical Journal. And I'm very grateful that they would give me the latitude to do so, because I'm no more qualified than anyone else out there to do so. But as those articles have gone on, it's become clearer to me that the thing I might be able to provide and the thing that I think needs providing is this sort of wider discussion of where are we going, what are we doing, what truly matters. So that piece I called Uh, nature still the best life support because uh, I did go hiking with one of my kids I needed to reconnect with one of my kids and there was no way of doing that with electronic doodads and screens in the way I needed to get away to clear my head and I couldn't do that if I had that well I'll just check my emails uh I needed to go outdoors and get rained on and not be able to easily run inside and towel myself off and, you know, have a $4 cup of coffee anytime I felt like it just to distract myself. So it was good on every level, but it did remind me how glorious it is to be in flow, you know, where you're not constantly thinking and worrying and plotting and planning, uh, but also just how glorious it is to be outside. And, mm. You know, this life we have where we're connected to screens but disconnected from each other, where, especially as Canadians and as winter comes on, you know, you could be stuck inside, whether that's your place of work, the hospital. You drive there in the dark, you come home in the dark, and then you're stuck in this hermetically sealed building all day. And surprise, surprise, you start to lose a bit of your humanity. We can hang out, you know, in fancy hotels and each other's, yuppie homes Uh, there is just something to getting out there getting wet and not being able to immediately uh make all the wetness and the cold go away to actually Mm -hmm. just be there and to be present and so that's where that article came from and it's it's nothing terribly original because nature deficit disorder has been described Mm -hmm. we all know even even somebody as hard as yourself kk we love kids we love animals we love sunsets we love you know your your trees will all be some beautiful colour of red right now i would imagine it's it's just glorious and isn't it interesting that fall or autumn is probably the most beautiful of all when all the leaves are busy dying so there is something magical about that that sort of third or fourth chapter rather than just new and growth and and so i and I was just humbled by my whole experience of being up north i I would strongly recommend every Canadian and peck every person go north rather than going south. you know we 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 go south as quickly as we can because we want to be pampered by the pool. I would suggest you go up north where it's a little more rough but a little bit more authentic. The kids I came across on that hiking were amazing because they had a sense of relaxation and wholeness and engagement that that I've somehow lost along the way. You know, I I went to Canada's North when I was in my 20s, and I just, in the middle of med school, and, and I had a summer where I didn't do research, I didn't do anything that made my CV look better. I just messed around up North with a backpack, and if I felt like camping somewhere, I would camp somewhere, and if I felt like going for a hike, I would, and if I felt like reading a book, I would. And I've s- lost a lot of that in the last 20 years where every moment has to be accounted for. And when people say, what did you do today? I say nothing. Whereas I used to say that with a sense of delight and look at me, I now mm-hmm. sort of say it with a sense of shame of there's so much I could have accomplished today. You know, right. these kids these kids who were up north, I was thinking, right, we got 20 miles to do today. Let's get hiking. Uh, let's get this project over with. And these kids would sort of hike an hour and they would see a blueberry bush and they would sit down in the blueberry bush and start eating wild blueberries. And uh, so it was just a very therapeutic, insightful trip for me. And it took uh, three or four days for me to unwind and then three or four days for me to fully engage with it. And you can send me to as many hotels and medical conferences and yuppie destinations as you like but i wouldn't have gotten the same sense of restoration that i did from a comparatively short period of time isolated up in the north of canada
0: wow no i I, like i said before i that article blew me away and in in terms of how much truth was in there because you brought up the point like you would do this stuff in your 20s i mean part of what medicine does is it I hate to be pessimistic, but it takes away your soul a little bit. You lose yep. yourself because you're, you know, you're training, you're trying to please, you're always aiming to please. You want to, you know, make sure your preceptors are happy. You know, your allied health professionals are ha- happy. You don't want to rock the boat and, you know, you, and you, you don't have time. Like time is limited. You're doing a ton of call. So you kind of lose your, yourself and hearing how you're, you know, come full circle and, and connecting with activities nature which brings you happiness brings you a sense of fulfillment i i think it's an important message to all that are listening whether you are medically trained or not uh it's 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 too important mind you i'm going to give this caveat straight up you will almost never see me camping i this i'm like the antithesis of camping i i, I my people's generations they've done all they've can in the world to not have to sleep on a ground you know, outside, and I embrace that. I don't mind hiking and all that stuff, but get me in in the best Western or something. I want a bed at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) Granted, you think you want that, but hasn't this whole discussion been about us thinking we know what we need, but but not... Oh, my God. Yeah, you You might be right. You stare up at a sky at nighttime
0: that's uncluttered by streetlights, and you'll change your mind. You sit around the camp. Absolutely, window. hey, I was, I was a boy, but at the end of the day, when I, when I had to sleep on that f- ground, uncomfortable, I will, I will take a bed any day of the week. Uh, but uh, I hear you.
1: Can I pick up on something you said because I think it's incredibly important and it might resonate with both of the listeners of this show? I'm just guessing. Um, Three Four, yeah, actually. you know, both our parents and our next door neighbor. <laughs> uh, you mentioned us being pleasers. and I think that's an incredibly important thing that we need to address as a group of people. We are pleasers. And, you know, your strength is always your weakness. The fact that you feel like an imposter, the fact that you want to please others, that drives you and means that you make a positive contribution and you get yourself up in the medical hierarchy so that you can influence things later. So it's a good thing. It's not all bad, but it comes with some side effects. I think a lot of us have only two gears. We have love me and fight me. Mm. And I've certainly been guilty of this. And so we try and we try and we try and we say, love me, love me, look at all the great stuff I'm doing for you. And people don't because... They're preoccupied with their own stuff, or you know, our poor patients don't have always have time to be grateful and appreciative and patient because they're dysnicked and in distress, and and their uh, sympathetic nervous system is is telling them help, help, help. Right. So well, then we flip to fight me. We move from love me to fight me. Right, you bastard. You want to be like that? I'll take you on. And that I think is one of our are issues that we're stuck in this love me fight me thing all the time and so this is where much of our distress comes from this is where we fight back you know it must be incredibly disjointed for families to come to the hospital thinking well this place has been presented as modern salvation look at how the buildings are built you know my hospital looks like a church and so we bring people to the hospital and then we say yeah nothing we can do We need to pivot that one immediately and say, you know what? The tubes and machines aren't going to help you, but there's lots we can do for you. And we're going to focus 110% on those things that can make a difference. And this hospital can administer those as well as just tubes and machines. But too much Mm -hmm. of the time we do the love me, fight me. And then we say, there's nothing I can do. And we step away. So but, but, you know, it takes time and it takes distance to see those things. And and so that's why getting out into nature gives you time and distance. I had a very interesting experience about five years ago where I was the doctor on a on a tall ship, on a, a sailing ship uh, that traveled around the Mediterranean. Now, let's be honest, I wanted to travel around the Mediterranean on a, uh, on a sailboat, but it was a It's called Jubilee Sailing, if uh, anyone wants to check it out. It's Mm -hmm. a great opportunity where people with disabilities get a chance to be independent uh, on a boat. And they needed a medical professional on the boat, I think, just to lower insurance rates. But for me to be part of the crew, I had to keep it secret that I was a doctor. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine... Most of the trip, if you put people with disabilities together, who are they going to complain about? They're doctors, they're healthcare providers, because that just becomes a surrogate for complaining about your lot in life. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we just have to be the magnet for that frustration. Normally, I would have said, just a second, hang on. It's not that easy being a healthcare provider. You know, you need to understand a few things. You need to take some ownership for your own problems, blah, blah, blah. Same old love me, fight me narrative. And it was actually very useful, A, to not finish every sentence with, as a doctor, I think you'll find, you know, and just to be a fellow human being. Human being. And we need to do more of that. And, and secondly, it was just useful to hear people's unfiltered frustrations, because otherwise it's done with a sort of passive-aggressive, I'm going to complain, but I'm not going to pick on you, doctor, or I'm just going to go off on you, doctor, because I can't go... And complain about cancer because cancer doesn't return my telephone calls. No. But I think you and I as doctors, as patients, as healthcare providers, we also need to find a way to deal with our own frustrations that isn't just mopey, 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 so that we bring our A game to work. Because somebody who's having a life-threatening illness does not need to think, hmm, just a second, is my doctor engaged or disengaged or bummed out or depressed or whatever the world might be. So... That's the other thing that walking in nature allows me. You know, I don't mind admitting to anyone. I'm a, I'm a member of what I hear is called the Mile Cry Club. I'm one of those 10 or 15% of people that, that cries on airplanes. I, I, people who work in the airline industry have told mm-hmm. me this is a real thing. You'll walk up and down mm-hmm. the aisles on planes and you'll see, you know, formerly tough businessmen having a weep over the latest Adam Sandler film. Mm. And you know you've got to find a place for these emotions to come out now i'm shocked where my emotions sometimes bubble out it's watching a tv commercial or it's hearing a piece of music and and i love music but it never hit me on that emotional level before mm-hmm. where it would, would reduce me to if not tears at least soggy eyes so i think the other reason why getting out and all right it doesn't have to be nature you can you can still stay at a At a well, a three star or a four star. You (laughs) you don't need to go more than that.
0: Motel six.
1: I'm, 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 I'm listen, don't knock Motel six. In fact, get them to spot. I've stayed at many a Motel six. That's why, that's why you get out there. It's, it's not, and this is an important point to make it's not to hike over an incredibly difficult cliff. It's not, you know, that's the other thing we do that I think is terrible as doctors. We just become overachieving doctor, I've got to beat the world types in different environments. So as is obvious to anyone who's looked me up and down, I don't do a lot of running. But if I did, the danger is I would want to say, right, I do a 5k today, a 10k tomorrow, a half marathon, a marathon, an ultra marathon. Mm. In other words, I wouldn't take time to relax and be comfortable with my feelings. And and just explore how I'm feeling today. No, no, I try and push that away by some other sort of overachievement. So when I say spend time in nature, I am not talking about setting up some ludicrous look-at-me accomplishment. I'm talking about just being present. So it's a Friday afternoon. I've got stuff I need to do, but I don't have to go into work today. I'm going to go for a walk in our River Valley with my lovely, incredibly patient wife of over 20 years and instead Mm -hmm. of telling her about my week and moaning about this that and the other i'm going to try very hard to just say and how are you doing love and just try and have one of these connection conversations where we don't talk about work in fact we don't even talk about the kids or if we do the kids are merely a subtext so that we can we can connect and so that to wow. me that to me is the greater discussion of nature it, you don't have to sleep in a tent kk i promise yeah
0: thank you thank you <laughs> I, and i do want to say i i never pictured you jogging i more pictured you <laughs> synchronized being... swimming maybe no no no. maybe solo synchronized swimming I, I could see you doing that a little bit of a routine in a in a shallow pool, or maybe interpretive dance, uh, any of the above, I think would would suit you well. I'm huge on the solo synchro swimming. You're absolutely <laughs> right, it's largely so I can wear one of those swim caps. I've- Listen, Peter, this has been tremendous, and I hope people take seriously you know, the conversation we had about, you know, that the value of connecting in whatever shape or form, clinician, non-clinician, general public, we all benefit from being a bit more connected. And you, and this is how you'll achieve your true happiness, true uh, feeling of content. And I, you, you articulated it so well. And I, I just really appreciate you doing this. Oh, God, dude,
1: heck, look, if you want to compliment me, keep going. I mean, I can listen to this all day. No, I'm just kidding. No, that was the most painful moment of my life, but yes <laughs> I would was fairly awkward having to listen to it. Yeah. It has been an absolute pleasure connecting. It's been an absolute pleasure just chewing the cud. and you take care, my friend. And if anyone is listening, ditto to them. make sure <laughs> make sure you've got a failure friend, as Sarah as Sarah Gray puts it. Somebody you can phone and just say, I've had a tough day. Have you got a moment for me? If you don't have a failure friend, get one by the end of today and offer to be somebody else's. Reach out to people, phone Mm. friends, phone colleagues. Don't phone them when you have a project. Just phone and say, hey, I'm just calling to see how you're doing. And uh, take some time for yourself. And actually take some time and distance to step back and say, you know what, this is still a pretty fantastic career my career is to help people rather than to sell them something they don't need or persuade them is to help them sometimes that's a little more complicated than i thought it would have been in my 20s when i signed up for this but at the same time i wanted to be challenged so that i grew as a person so that yeah. that's healthcare, and it's a it's a bloody honor to be part of it and i will need it one it's day a privilege. So, yeah
0: it's i'll need it, really it one is day. A privilege. So i want it to be in good stead when i get to that point Amen, brother. All right. Give love to the family, all those crew out in Alberta. And uh, uh, thanks again for doing this. My absolute pleasure.